Welcome to The Lawyerist Podcast, a series of discussions with entrepreneurs and innovators about building a successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. Lawyerist supports attorneys building client-centered and future-oriented small law firms through community, content, and coaching, both online and through The Lawyerist Lab. And now, from the team that brought you the Small Firm Roadmap and your podcast hosts. Hi, I'm Stephanie Everett. And I'm Jennifer Wiggum. And this is episode 436 of the Lawyerist Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today, Sarah interviews lobster Rebecca Ritchie about her business strategy. Today's podcast is brought to you by Gavel, Posh Virtual Receptionists, and Clio. We wouldn't be able to do this show without their support. So stay tuned because you're going to hear more about them in a few minutes. So doing podcast intros is kind of like time travel because we record them ahead of time, but things will have happened by the time we record them. So as you, the listeners, listen to this, Stephanie will have been just finishing up her lab legacy retreat, which is possibly a tier of lab that not many people know about. Yeah, we started it last year. I don't know that we've talked about it a ton. It's sort of this next level if you've been in lab for a while, or I mean, it could be you're ready to just join straight into that group. It's for people who have a pretty good handle on what's going on with their business, but they're at that next level of issues. They're thinking about their legacy. They're thinking about what comes next in their life. They're kind of going a little bit deeper and different in the issues. And so we take them away twice a year that sounded silly. I was going to say, it sounds like you're kidnapping them. Okay. Yes. Keep going. I do. I kidnap them and take them to an amazing resort. <laughs> I would like to be kidnapped. Thanks. Yes. But it is it is super great. This time we went out to the desert in Utah, southern Utah, and we went to this ama- amazing retreat facility, which gives us time to go hiking and do yoga and We do some guided meditations, but also we workshop our business issues. It's just a different way to get away. What all the participants agreed is that you need space, right? Like as a business owner, sometimes you don't realize it. You're so in the day-to-day and it's not until you give yourself space to get away from your friends and your family and your team and have a couple of days of uninterrupted time that you really get those big ideas to think about wait, what am I doing with my life and where do I want this business to go? And so we have to create that space. And doing some of the physical activities I mentioned is kind of a part of that. Like it'll be on the hike that somebody might have a realization about something because it's like you let your mind, your mind's still working, but you're just like gently walking, looking at beautiful things and being around other business owners who are in similar situations and It's really cool. It's a great experience. And I just love that I get to be a part of it. Yeah. And how does this compare to the the rest of lab that we offer? Obviously, I know the answer, but I'm going to act like I don't. I think it's just different in terms of what this group of people are thinking about for their business. And so maybe if you think about like our other event, which is LabCon, we're a little bit more in the weeds of thinking about how do I set up a marketing funnel? How do I create, you know, a document automation or create my intake experience? So it's still very hands-on, but really like in your business. And maybe this is a little bit more thinking bigger picture about your business. Certainly there are times when we get a little bit in the weeds on people's business issues, but they're kind of in a different place where they're thinking a little bit bigger about 
what's my business vision? What do I want out of my life? And are these two things getting me there? And what am I going to do next with my business? So a lot of people kind of come away from this event having different ideas, maybe shifting where they thought they were going to go. Where at LabCon, you're really kind of figuring out execution pieces. Does that distinction resonate? Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And to be clear, people in lab like at C have everything that people in the other tiers of lab have. So they'll also go to LabCon, but they do have some extra coaching. They have these extra events that they go to a couple of times a year to get away and have really meaningful conversations. Yeah. And so today's show, Sarah's actually interviewing one of our Lab Legacy members, Rebecca. So she was on this retreat with me. So you'll kind of hear what she's doing with her business. And maybe that'll also give you a sense of what kind of work we do in Legacy. And I guess I would just follow it up by saying, if you're hearing this and you think, wow, where's this group been my whole life? Mm-hmm. I would love to talk to you. So you, the easiest thing to do would probably be just email me, stephanie at lawyerist.com. Pretty easy. And let's have a conversation and I can tell you more about what this group is and where these folks are with their business. And I guess the good news is no matter where you are in your business journey, we sort of have a place and a community for you and help for you because sometimes you don't realize it, but you can always benefit from that outside help. Now, here's Sarah's conversation with Rebecca. I'm Rebecca Ritchie. My firm is Sebus Law Group. I've been in practice since 2009 in San Diego, California. We practice flat fee family law litigation. It's so nice to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming on and being willing to talk about all the cool things that you have built in your amazing firm. And I know that the audience is going to be super inspired to think about how maybe they can implement some of these things in their own businesses. So before we dive in, because we definitely want to talk about how you do flat fees and a shorter work week and what that looks like and being able to give back and volunteer and all that stuff. But just for context purposes, give us just a basic overview of what your firm looks like today. So like team members, all that. Yeah. So right now, um, I have a team of three attorneys, including myself, and we all take on one role within a case. So we all work on every case. And so I handle the consulting services. I set the strategy and the direction of the case. Also, I handle most of the client issues and communications. And then Sarah handles all the back end, making sure everything we're processing is perfect and the pleadings are well done. She does discovery, all the kind of back end paperwork kind of thing. And then Britt is our litigator. And so she is the one that's always in the courtroom and that's all she has to do. And then I have one main support staff and one intern. Awesome. When did you start your firm? So Seamus Law Group, I started in 2014 after I separated from my former partner. So it's been almost 10 years, but I actually have never worked for another firm. I've always worked for myself. So my prior firm, I was partnered with an immigration attorney and we started that in 2000. Well, actually probably 2010. So when you started, what was the vision for the type of practice that you wanted to build in terms of how it served clients and how it operated and things like that? Well, to be honest, I think when I started, I was mostly thinking about how 
I was supposed to make money as a business person more so than I was thinking about necessarily how to serve clients. And so in the firm where we had immigration and family law, immigration was primarily flat fee. And it was really nice to have those flat fees coming in every month to pay the bills and not have to wait for, you know, billing each month. And so when I started my own firm, I wanted to figure out how I could do that so I could make money as a solo because in my mind, uh, as a business person, you know, if you're basing everything on the hour, then I needed more people to bill more hours. So if it was just going to be me, I wasn't sure how I was going to make money. You know, I had to bill by the hour. Right. So that's where Sarah came in and she joined me in 2015 and basically offered me a model where we could offer flat fee services in litigation. Then I saw the benefits, not just as a business owner, but I also saw how it would benefit clients. And so that's when I got really excited. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the ways in which you've seen that model benefit clients, like from the very early stages of, you know, in the sales process, when you're converting them as a client and throughout the process of them being a client and how it can be mutually beneficial. Yeah. So the biggest benefit is we get to answer the question of how much does it cost? So constantly, that's one of the main questions everyone asks. And of course, as attorneys, our answer to everything is it depends. (laughs) And so we actually get to say, here's what it costs for those services. And they know. So sometimes that can be also challenging because if they're litigating, litigation services are not cheap. It's not like flat fee means you know cheaper per se. And so when they actually see the full bill up front, sometimes they rethink their litigation route because they actually see how much it's going to cost. So I think that's it's sometimes a challenge in getting them signed up for litigation services when they see the cost. But I think that's a benefit overall because then they have to think about, do I really want to spend that amount of money to get the result I'm looking for? Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So how does that conversation go? Like, how do you kind of overcome some of those initial, maybe shock factors to like the initial flat fee price tag that, because I think that that's what a lot of attorneys are worried about. But ultimately, it seems to work out. So how does that conversation go early on? So what I like to do is offer them a range. So I say, here's your options. If you want to go all in, you need to go to trial. This is the only option you want to look at as far as like you want a judge to make this decision no matter what. These are the costs. But there is also what I call like, you know, it's not really sliding scale because it's not based on their ability to pay, but it kind of is. You don't have... 10, 20, 30 grand to go to trial. Well, here's how we can help you still navigate the process with an attorney on board and get a similar result. So we offer consulting services where they can pay for individual sessions with me, prep them to go to court on their own, prepare paperwork and pleadings. And so the nice thing is, is like for much less costs, they can still get the benefit of having an attorney in their corner. Yeah, absolutely. So from a business perspective, what have been some of the implications, things to think about, and some of the benefits that, because I'm sure it really simplifies things and allows you to maybe project out further more accurately. But from your perspective, like what has that experience been like as the business owner? Yeah. So 
one of the biggest benefits as the business owner is you can see exactly what you have coming in, the quotes we send out. You can see how much you're closing, whether the services you're offering are reasonable. And it's so it's really easy to track your KPIs on that kind of sense. And then I think, you know, some of the things to think about is some of the challenges. Like we started this in 2015, it's 2023, and we're still tweaking. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what I tell people and kind of what we did is just start with a service that you do all the time. And so you feel really comfortable offering it. You feel really comfortable giving a range of time and resources it's going to take. And then just throw that service out there and start with that one service. And then as you get comfortable tweaking that one, either up or down as you use it, then you can start adding other services. And that's kind of what we've done. So for example, there's in California family law, we have a motion called a request for order. It's literally just a motion where you can request temporary orders from the court during the pendency of a divorce. So it could be anything. You could be requesting custody, support, you know, holds on property, those kind of things. And so some of those take three to five hours. Some of them can take up to 30 or 40 hours of work. So depending on what's being requested, we notice that, oh, we can't just have one request for order price because there's not a tight enough range to make it fair both to the clients and to us. So then we started breaking up to the types of requests you're making in the order. That then sets the price. Awesome. So you've developed kind of this menu of services that you can provide. One question that I get a lot from the labsters that we coach in our lab coaching program in thinking about how to implement a flat fee model is, do you list the price on the website? At what point does the price come into the conversation? Mm -hmm. What do you guys do? So right now, the price comes to the client either at or directly following our strategy session. So the first meeting with the firm is called a legal advice and strategy session. And that's an hour meeting where the client comes in, they get to ask all their legal questions, figure out what they want to do, and then I can figure out what services they need. And so then I create a quote at that meeting, and it gets sent to them. Sometimes I do it as a follow-up, depending on what all gets done in the meeting. But in general, yeah, so they'll see the prices at that meeting or directly after. One of the reasons is because we are still tweaking our services, but we do want to eventually at least publish some things. So uncontested divorces are very simple. There's not a lot of nuance. And so, you know, we want to be able to post that. And maybe someday we'll post the entire menu. But right now, we are not posting it. We are presenting it to them. Do you charge for your strategy sessions, your consults? We do. So that's one of the things we're hopefully tweaking in the future. Right now, we charge a discounted rate for an hour to meet with me. Okay. So let's switch gears a little bit because that was one of the major things we wanted to talk about was everybody wants to talk about how to do flat fees. And for some practices, it's a little bit easier to implement than others. I think that you've done a really great job with this. But the other thing that we think is really cool that you and your team are doing is this idea of a shorter work week. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like maybe that has changed over time, but it sounds like it's given you an opportunity to, to volunteer and give back to the community. So tell us what that looks like now 
And then I'd love to hear kind of the journey to get there and what inspired it. Yeah. So right now I've created a block schedule that allows me to volunteer on Tuesday mornings and then allows me to essentially not have any client meetings on Thursdays. And so that's how I've kind of set up my week. Getting there, yeah, has been a journey. I have tweaked the idea of a block calendar schedule so many times over the last 10 years. Everything from trying to schedule blocks down to like where you're scheduling out every single hour of the day to larger blocks that are more general. And so I've kind of come with a balance. And so I see new clients a certain amount of hours, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I see current clients Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and certain hours. Some of those are in person. Some of those are only virtual hours, meaning you have to schedule a Zoom meeting. I have no meetings on Monday morning because I found that that is the time where you are catching up on email, doing admin, all that kind of stuff. So my first meeting is never before 1 p.m. on Mondays. Tuesdays, I volunteer with the Family Justice Center helping survivors of domestic violence get restraining orders. And then, yeah, Thursdays are kind of my day. (laughs) So I won't say I don't do any work, but I can focus on the business. Or if I have personal appointments I need to attend to, take my dogs to the vet whatever, that's the day I do it. So let me get this straight. You have built this firm that provides excellent client services and client experience that's profitable, that is easy to track your finances and project. Everyone works as a team and you basically only work four days a week and you have time to get it all done. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that is the beauty of the block schedule. Like once you kind of like put down on paper when it's time to do certain things, it's not that I don't ever do anything outside of those things, you know, like say like, oh, okay, Tuesday afternoon is existing client meetings from one to four. It's not like I only do that, but you know, if clients can only see me in that time frame, if I don't have any, then I also have like my backup, what I do in that time period. And so it kind of just allows me to keep on track so that I'm not just sitting around wondering, okay, or stressing, which does still happen, but what am I going to do right now? Like I have an hour, what do I want to do? And it's like, well, if I go to my schedule, I can kind of see like, okay, will you set this time to look at your marketing plan? Why don't we pull that out, you know, or something like that? Yeah. Well, and it speaks to the added benefit of being on a flat fee model, which allows your team to work together. And you mentioned earlier that each of your attorneys has kind of their own role in a case and it all kind of works together harmoniously. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was trying to think of the word that started with it. Symbiotically, one of those. Yes. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. But when we come back, I want to continue this conversation and hear all about how you do that, how you all work together. The Lawyer's Podcast is brought to you by Posh Virtual Receptionists. As an attorney, do you ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call while you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting, or schedule an appointment with a client while you're elbow deep in an important case? Well, that's where Posh comes in. Posh is a team of professional, U.S.-based, live virtual receptionists who are available 24-7, 365. 
They answer and transfer your calls, so you never miss an opportunity. With Posh handling your calls, you can devote more time to billable hours and building your law firm. And the convenient Posh app puts you in total control of when your receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is always just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Even better, Posh is extending a special offer to Lawyerist listeners. Visit posh.com forward slash Lawyerist to learn more and start your free trial of Posh Live Virtual Receptionist Services. That's posh.com forward slash Lawyerist. And by Clio. What do solo and small firm lawyers with great client relationships have in common? They use cloud-based legal practice management software to run their law firms. This is just one finding from Clio's latest legal trends report. There's no getting around it. The fact is, when it comes to client expectations, standards are higher than ever before for lawyers. Proof is in the numbers. 88% of lawyers using cloud-based software report good relationships with clients. For firms not in the cloud, barely half can say that. That gap is significant. For more information on how cloud software creates better client relationships, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at clio.com trends. That's Clio, spelled C-L-I-O, dot com slash trends. And by Gavel. In the next 10 years, 90% of legal services will be delivered online by lawyers. Gavel, previously called Documate, is the software platform for lawyers to build client-facing legal products. With Gavel, collect client intake, feed that data into robust document automation flows, and collect payments to scale your practice. Companies like Landlord Legal, Just Tech, and Hello Divorce are built on Gavel for both internal and client-facing automation. Sign up for a free trial now at gavel.io slash partnership slash lawyerist and get $100 off your subscription. Or you can book a time at gavel.io slash partnership slash lawyerist to get a free consultation on incorporating automation into your practice. I'm back with Rebecca, and I'm really curious to know how you got to a point where all of your roles were defined, especially between the attorneys in a case. How did you like figure out what your role was going to be? So honestly, the roles were defined by the characteristics of the attorney that we had starting. So my characteristics and Sarah's characteristics, and then we brought Brit in to fill the gap. So one of the first things that Sarah and I did when we were setting up this model is we created what we called the client journey. And so we said, like, from how clients find out about us to offering the services to implementing the services to kind of closing out the case and moving on to the next phase, what did we want that to look like? And so When clients first come into a firm, they're nervous, they're anxious, they don't know what to do, they have all these questions. And so that's where we came up with the strategy session as kind of the first step in the journey of, okay, let me get my questions answered. Let me figure out what this divorce process even looks like. Like, what do I have to do? And all while feeling really comfortable and taken care of. And then once they sign up for whatever the strategy is that we recommended and it's getting implemented, there's a lot of backend stuff that doesn't require client handholding as much from the attorney. And so that's where we came up with the client relations manager. And that's my support staff, Melissa. And so she's kind of the main point of contact for that. And Sarah can take all that information and make sure everything's filled out correctly, no misspellings, make sure all the numbers line up. 
and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, when you get before a judge, you want to feel like someone is fighting for you, right? Like you always hear that, like fighting, advocating. You want someone who is really putting forth your position without thinking about all the other things that went into the case. And so that's kind of how we decided that we needed at least three attorneys per case, (laughs) because those are all three unique skill sets that most likely one attorney doesn't have. Of course, a lot of solos know that they've probably worn all those hats at some point in time, but there's always one area where they're less skilled at than others. So when we found Britt, you know, she loved being in the courtroom, but was falling woefully behind on paperwork, doing simple things like getting out spreadsheets of scheduled assets and debts and things like that. I mean, she would go months and months putting those things off when they're supposed to be done within 60 days, you know? And then of course, Sarah, she has an engineering background. So I always like to joke, like you never put the engineer in front of the clients. (laughs) So, you know, she doesn't really love interacting with clients or a courtroom for that matter. And so, you know, she was really good for that role. And then my skill set has always been talking with clients, helping them feel comfortable, you know, listened to, cared for, and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of why I chose. And it's actually what I like to do. So (laughs) that's kind of why I put myself in that role. Yeah, beautiful. And then the clients get taken care of and the work gets done on time, I'm assuming. Yes. And everyone on the team is doing something that utilizes their best skill set and what they like to do. So it's it's really a win-win-win. And again, you know, how that all ties into the flat fee model is you're not in an eat what you kill model. Everyone is on the same team and working together. So it's beautiful. So you've been around our lab program for a while now. And now you're even in the lab legacy, which for those that don't know, is kind of it's our special group of lab members who have sort of gone through the lab program and have done amazing things in their firm. It's sort of like our our mastermind. You know, we do some awesome things in Lab Legacy, like these retreats and things like that. So what has your experience been like being in a program like that where you have someone kind of guiding and leading you? And what have been some of the big lessons that you've learned along the way? So I would say one of the biggest kind of benefits, both being in Lab and Legacy, is having community. I mean, San Diego, while it's a fairly large city, is an actually really small legal community. And it's, especially in the family law arena, is not as advanced as I would like it to be. So we haven't found a lot of collegiality in the flat fee model and the trying to change the practice of law avenue that I found in lawyers. So being a part of lab allows me to exchange ideas and get feedback from people that are of the same mindset. And so I think that's been kind of one of the best things that I discovered being a part of it. And then probably the biggest part of both being in legacy and in lab is the accountability and keeping yourself on track. So, you know, we've had many conversations of not just what are we doing today or how can we tweak today's system or solve today's issues, but what are we building for the future? And so I think that's been especially in legacy, I think it kind of says it in the name, like, what are we trying to create here? We're not just trying to build a firm for ourselves, like we're trying to create something for the future. And so I think like with us, 
you know, our future is not just implementing this system, but allowing or creating a way for other attorneys to do the same and showing them this is possible and we don't have to continue to operate the way we've always operated for hundreds of years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it opens up so many opportunities for you and for the other attorneys and for your families for, I mean, the options are endless of what you can do when you're building something of value. But, you know, look at the ways in which you're serving the community and expanding access to justice. I mean, that's got to feel so fulfilling. I bet you feel really proud. What are some of the things that you're most proud of that you've built in your firm? I think the culture in our firm is one of the biggest things I'm proud of. Like we work together. Everybody is very friendly, even though, you know, we're not like, uh, like, it's not like we're all best friends, but, you know, we're all working towards the same goal. So even when there's, you know, discussions or disputes as attorneys like to have, it's still all with the final goal in mind that this is what we're trying to create. So I really enjoy that. And, you know, in all of my staff actually participates in volunteering, like Sarah's on boards, Britt loves doing bar association events and mentoring. So that's something that we all really value. And I'm, I'm glad to be able to create an environment that allows attorneys to do that. Yeah, that is something to be proud of. So what's next for you? What are you working on now? Or what's, you know, the next iteration of this long process? Yeah. So we just did another round of tweaks to our services. One of the things with California, when you're doing flat fees, is you have to specify when certain parts of the fee are earned. So we just kind of tweaked that a little bit. So yeah, our goal from this point forward is basically to take that and start scaling up, start making it more transparent and start focusing more on creating access to advice and information for clients without having to pay a lot of money. So having kind of that library of things that clients can use and go to when they have a question, as opposed to always having to, you know, schedule a meeting with me, you know, maybe they can go through our frequent last questions first or something like that. So that's kind of our next phase so that we can serve more clients. My main goal right now is to see what is our capacity at the stage we're at, like with these three attorneys and this support staff, we were looking to hire one other person, but with who we have, like how many clients can we serve reasonably, not just making money, but also, you know, still providing good services. Then we're going to hopefully open it up on a larger scale. So our big, big goal is to be where the people are. And that's always been putting, um, we call it like kind of like the law firm in the mall scenario, like where people like hang out and it's just be like another place where you can stop in at any time and immediately get services. You never know when you're going to want to divorce your spouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a question to ask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, well, one of the things with divorce is like people who file for divorce oftentimes had been thinking about it for about two years prior to filing. So that's a lot of questions, unknowns, not sure if you took that step, what it looks like. And so if you're kind of where everyone is and that's in the back of their mind, they can always, you know, stop in and get those questions answered, even if they don't actually proceed. Yeah. Good point. And I want to encourage you to go back to that client journey that you created, because that is going to be an awesome way to look at opportunities to make the experience easier for them to get their questions answered and also 
take so much off of your plate. I'm really excited yeah. to see how this next project for you really opens up your capacity and makes it even better. Yeah. And, and part of that is like having access to information and services without just only being one-on-one attorney time. So those strategy sessions can start with like maybe a video of here's the process or here's how you walk through this. We can also have stations where you can scan documents and print pleadings. Like the nice thing about California is a lot of it is form based. And so, you know, why not try to use an intake system and let them fill out their forms right there? Like, you know, maybe even having childcare services or whatever so that they can get questions answered without having to find someone to take care of their kid. Like all the inconveniences of talking to an attorney can be kind of eliminated by creating this like open space and possibility. You're going to have to promise that you're going to come back on the lawyer's podcast (laughs) and tell us how that goes and what that opens up and can't wait to see you grow and scale. I mean, I'm so proud of you and thank you so much for taking the time to come in and share the recipe with us. Thanks, Sarah. The Lawyerist Podcast is edited by Brittany Felix. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discuss here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Here are your first two steps. First, if you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free at lawyerist.com forward slash book. Looking for help beyond the book? Let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyerist.com forward slash community forward slash lab to schedule a 10 minute call with our team to learn more. The views expressed by the participants are their own and are not endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you.